0: Let's commence today's show talking politics with the Washington Bureau Chief for The Nation Magazine, Chris Lehman. Chris, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Travis. How are you? Man, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing well. I'm delighted as always uh, to be in dialogue with you, although I wish we were talking about uh, a few other topics. But this one just won't seem to go <laughs> away. Yeah, it just it just won't seem to go away. My calendar reads uh, yeah, Wednesday. No, I, I
1: think I was on your show during the very first
0: Trump indictment up in New York. Yeah, back when and yeah, it, it, on it goes. You you're right. <laughs> you, you were here on the first indictment. Here we are, four indictments in, and you're back. Yeah. Uh, and the indictments keep coming. I'm not even sure we're done with all these indictments yet. So you you'll be back again on indictment five, six, or seven. Uh, Who knows? Uh, okay. um, that that said, we'll get to we'll get to Trump. There, there's a bit of Trump news here that we'll get to in just a moment. Here, there's Trump news every day, of course. Uh, we were on the eve of him turning himself in um, uh, for uh, uh, to be. Uh, booked and released uh tomorrow on a two hundred thousand dollar bail that happens tomorrow in atlanta we'll get to that later in this conversation but i want to start with the obvious today's wednesday uh my calendar says which means that tonight is the the official kickoff of the presidential um debate season the first debate uh eight republicans have made the stage tonight let me start with a broad question we'll narrow as we move through this hour um what are you expecting tonight
1: well you know it's the debate is largely being hyped as kind of, uh, Ron DeSantis's last shot to, uh, get momentum in a primary season that actually hasn't officially started yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's maybe already too late. I think the more voters see of Ron DeSantis, they, even Republican voters, um, they, are repelled mm. Mm. <laughs> i don't know that having sustained exposure on a national stage is going to help that core problem for <sighs> ron and of course you know the big um not to <laughs> always revert to discussions of trump but you know trump is skipping this debate right. um so that may- makes it largely you know i think there are are two narratives to look for um If, like me, you have the misfortune of of watching tonight's debate. Um, Mm -hmm. One is kind of, you know, who is positioning um, to be Trump's running mate, potentially. um, It will also be interesting, um, the other narrative is the redemption of Fox News, which settled that $787 million lawsuit uh, that Dominion Voting Systems brought. Right. Um, earlier this year. Um They have taken um, a lot of credibility hits. I think um, it will be interesting to see whether, um, you know, uh, the debate hosts, Martha McCallum and, and Brett Baer will ask the candidates on stage, do they um, intend to pardon Donald Trump if he's convicted? Do they believe that the 2020 election was legitimate? Um, that would be an Interesting um, turn of events. Let me. Um, uh, like I of the opinion every Republican always should be asked those
0: questions. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me press the pause button for a second here. When we come forward, we'll come. We'll come to that issue. Uh, what kinds of questions we think are going to be asked tonight? Will they have the courage to ask anything um, uh, serious or credible? Uh, and whether or not Fox News will generate some sort of um, get some of their integrity back, as it were, given the point you've just made. A lot more to talk about with Chris Layman of The Nation Magazine when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Sounds Sounds different. Huh. This, this is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley in conversation with Chris Lehman, who is the Washington, D.C. Brill Chief for The Nation magazine, talking all things politics uh, for the first half of our today's program, and then we'll jump from there. Um, Chris, a couple things you said already I want to come back to right quick, uh, watching our time here. Number one, um, I love your, your choice of words. You are uh, an, an all-star, a brilliant writer, so you choose your words very carefully. When you say that the more people get exposed, Republican voters, that is, uh, we know how the rest of us feel, but the more Republicans get exposed to Ron DeSantis, the more repelled they are. Why do you think that is? And and I raise that in part because... The policies that he's been advancing um, are animating this campaign. I mean, his anti so-called anti-woke agenda, yeah. all the nonsense he's doing in Florida, that stuff, that stuff is working, as it were. Other states, other politicians are taking his lead. So his agenda seems to be um, uh, catching hold to some degree inside that party. But his personal fortunes, his aspirations to be president seem not to be taking off to your point. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out why you think that dichotomy exists and why people, to your point, are rep- Pale the more they learn about this guy.
1: Well, um, if you've ever seen him um, speak, uh, <laughs> uh, the man has a pretty acute charisma deficit. He just does not interact naturally around other human beings, and you know that is something that you just need um, in mass politics. And he uh, he does have this you know detailed agenda. He runs basically on the idea that he's a more competent. Um, version of Trump. Um, I will say that the anti CRT, uh, anti woke agenda is not proving as popular either, um, as DeSantis has banked, you know, mm-hmm. in the 2022 cycle. Um, the Republicans went all in on those moral panics. And, you know, it's, it was only, you know, frankly, due to the incompetence of the New York Democratic uh, party that the Republicans won a majority in the House. Mm-hmm. So um I'm not sure that these are winning issues and and they haven't been winning issues in a lot of state and local races um since the midterms. Um so that is also a problem. I think DeSantis's agenda is even starting to um prove um less popular in Florida. Yeah. He's got this kind of, I mean part of the problem is he has a total lockdown politically on on Florida. He uh has a supermajority in the legislature. He's backed uh, the the courts there with croniest ideological opponents, uh, or appointees. So um, he's been operating in this bubble where he has all this power, and I don't think it translates well. Yeah. And that combined with his, you know, lack of any sort of relatable affect on the campaign trail is is proving to be kind of a
0: disaster so you mentioned uh, uh secondly you mentioned a running mate we'll be watching tonight uh those who can stand it we will be watching to see who's trying to make their play to be <laughs> make their play to be his running mate but that 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 let me let me split split the baby as it were and and raise two issues connected to that one is who we think is best positioning themselves right now to be the running mate uh assuming that Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee, and most of us believe that. So one question is who's, who's positioning themselves to be the running mate. The other question is who we think can seize the spotlight from Trump tonight to the extent that can happen. We know his Tucker Carlson conversation will be broadcast at the same right. time. But is there anybody you think that can seize the spotlight from Trump? To your point, DeSantis seems not to be able to do that. So there, again, so there are two questions here. Let's start with them one at a time. Who do we think is best positioning himself, herself to be the running mate right now?
1: Well, um, Vivek Ramaswamy has been kind of gently surging in the polls as um, DeSantis has been um, flailing. Man. And um, I think in a lot of ways, he's the kind of uh, character that Trump would be attracted to. He's a private sector, um, you know, rich guy yeah. <laughs> and uh, is also, you know, he's also all in on the anti-woke rhetoric. <laughs> um but he, you know, he may be too much like Trump, which is to say he's come out with a series of foreign policy, uh, statements over the past week that are to nutty. I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he was, uh, heard, um, he was taped in an interview speculating about whether federal agents were involved in, uh, the 9-11 terror attacks. Um, so, you know, this is the eternal question of like,
0: are there, Positions that are too crazy for the Donald Trump era yes. Republican Party. What about what, what, what about what about, the, what about what about the Black U.S. Senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott?
1: Tim Scott, you know, um, is also uh, picked up some traction in the polls, and I think he um, would like to project as a kinder, gentler um, alternative to Trump in some ways, but this is the problem that all of these candidates are all boxed in by Trump's rabid election denialism. They can't, um, you know, it's, it's the same problem DeSantis has in miniature. There's, there's no way to, um, navigate and, uh, a position outside of Trumpism in the Republican party because Trump has such a stranglehold on the base. Yeah. And well, so that is kind of parroting, you know, Trump applause lines, um, and, you know, it's the same dilemma of like, if you're going to just mimic Donald Trump, the real thing is right there for yeah. the Republican voters. But
0: well, that, that thing, No, we, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. When you say the real thing is right there, uh, there's a question to be asked about how present Donald Trump is, even when he's absent. How do you read that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's the elephant in the room, as it were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the elephant not. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, the the real question, you know, panning back from this primary cycle is, you know, d- does the Republican Party have a future without Donald Trump? And mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't, it may not have a future, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump has presided over three, you know, basically losing election cycles for the Republican Party, um, you know, and I'm, I don't predict, yep. that's, you know, pure folly, but... Um, it does seem, you know, with, you know, the prospect of a convicted and potentially even jailed mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, major party nominee, that is not um, a, an appealing um, pitch to make to independent voters or swing state voters. Um, so, uh, yeah, Donald Trump is every everything about the Republican Party is about Donald yeah. Trump. I me... I think that's a recipe for failure.
0: frankly. Yeah. Let me, let me circle back right quick. Um, it occurs to me uh, to ask this question now. And so I will, let me circle back to the running mate conversation. We were just having a moment ago, because this debate tonight is in part about positioning yourself, perhaps to be his right. number two. Mike Pence, of course, is still in this thing. He ain't going nowhere, but he's in it and he'll be on stage tonight. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, it occurs to me to ask why anybody, frankly, would want to be a number 2 to Donald Trump when you see and now know mm-hmm. what Mike Pence had to go through like wh- like why would you even want that job it's one thing to want to be the nominee i ain't mad at you and i get it and i'm not, not yeah. even asking this question i understand how power works if if you can be number yeah. 2 and get get the and get a hold of the, the ring of power then maybe you'll do anything to get that yeah. ring so i understand that i ain't stuck on stupid yet my question i think is still is still pertinent which is why anybody watching what he went through would want to be a number two to Donald Trump. I mean, he, he, he punished this guy. Yeah, well, this is
1: a total mystery about Donald Trump's whole life and career is he um, demands total loyalty from everyone in his orbit, and he turns on them on a dot viciously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it is, you know, it is a little like watching Charlie Brown in the football <laughs> see all of these people, yeah.
0: you know,
1: clamor to up to donald trump thinking they're gonna outwit him or get what they want out of this transactional arrangement and they all end up in exactly the same pr- position they end up like michael cohen his fixer, who ended yeah. up going to jail you know for arranging the stormy Daniels i experiment. thought so
0: yeah i thought i thought the other day chris i mean to your point i thought the other day when uh uh ms willis brought those uh indictments in atlanta all the persons, I mean, you can start with Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, yeah. run the list. But all these yep. s- all these sycophants um, who were so insistent, who were so willing to be a part of his circle, yep. he's taking everybody down with him. I mean, the closer you get to this guy, the more radioactive you are. And again, that's what's informing my question about why you'd want to be in that sort of radioactive space. When he gets in trouble, he takes everybody down with him.
1: No, it is really true. And I think everyone just thinks to themselves, well, this time it'll be different. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll you know, hit upon the magic formula and, and charm the monster. Uh, yeah. And ever, it literally never happens. You go back all, through all of Trump's career um, in the private sector as well. It's yeah. the same. Um, it's, it's stunning. It's a reminder that, you know, I think it's always important to remember that uh, Trump's great mentor when he came of age was Roy Cohn, mm-hmm. the um, utterly uh, ruthless and unscrupulous McCarthy-era enforcer, um, mm-hmm. who taught Donald Trump never to pay his bills, who taught him always to take your um, you know political opponents and business uh, rivals to court and just you know run them into the ground. And that mm-hmm. is we are watching Donald Trump is like the. The reincarnation of, of Roy Cohn in the twenty first century. Yep,
0: you mentioned um, uh, mentioned Fox News earlier. He's watching my time; I got about five minutes left in this in this dialogue, yeah. uh, which I appreciate your time. Um, you mentioned Fox News, so Donald Trump has made more news as he always does. He has now told uh, certain people that he is skipping the debate tonight. To your earlier point, to punish Fox. Yeah. And to punish the Murdochs, those are his words. He's punishing Fox. He's punishing the Murdochs. We sort of knew that, uh, but again, Donald Trump uh, always wants to uh, wants you to hear it directly from him. So now, he, so now he's basically said it publicly. How how do you read that uh, connected to whether or not Fox News can get any of its uh, credibility back tonight by hosting this debate? Well, it's,
1: yeah, I mean he's. I'm trying to get back at Fox News by uh, having an interview with Tucker Carlson, who was famously fired in the wake of the Dominion sen- uh, settlement by Fox. So it is this bid, you know, sort of like true social was to create a rival in information ecosystem to, in that case, Twitter, in this case, to Fox News. Um, and, you know, frankly, Trump just doesn't have the discipline, I don't think, to follow through with any of this stuff. I think, you know, there will be some rubbernecking, but the fact of the matter is, like, Tucker Carlson has this arrangement with Twitter to host his content, um, and he has not been doing great numbers yeah. under it. So yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I do think it is, you know, I mean, again, it's the the basic problem of Trump can do whatever he wants because he has so much power in the party. He can, you know, take his ball and go home when you, you know, you've got a 40-point lead yeah. or whatever it is in the let me,
0: let, you know, things like today
1: don't really matter. So, yeah. um,
0: let, me ask, let me ask you two more questions. It, let me ask you two more questions right quick, sure. uh, Chris, if I can. Number one, um, where policy is concerned, we haven't really talked about policy. Uh, my, my, right. my, my sense is what America is going to see tonight on stage are eight people whose policy positions are just completely outrageous and certainly out of step with most Americans. Might that do this party in tonight, period, hard stop?
1: Uh, well, no, I mean, I think that, you know, our in informa- speaking of information ecosystems, ours is so badly broken that, you know, there's a whole legion of, um, outlets that just parrot what are basically lies and urban myths and, and folklore about the way things are in this country. So, like, you know, there was an Iowa poll that found that, you know, the leading issues, uh, for Republican voters are things like stronger, um, border enforcement. At- at a time when under Biden, um, you know, there was a, a big forecast when Biden uh, retooled some of the border policies that there was going to be this,
0: you know, wave
1: of um, undocumented immigrants in the country. And it never happened. Yeah. Like, you know, there are obviously still issues at the border. Everything is just being blown out, blown out of uh, proportion for the sake of sensationalist clicks and eyeballs and yeah. all that um similarly you know yeah the woke issue did pull high in iowa um and again it's you know there is no there, there.
0: yeah <laughs> like, i, I love i love i love how you framed it when you called them uh moral panics i think there are going to be many uh yeah. moral panics <laughs> that we're going to see yeah that uh, is
1: i mean yeah, you know, that is what the Republican Party does. It yeah, doesn't
0: yeah. do policy. No, That's we'll, what's frustrating. Well, we'll see those more panics tonight on stage. Uh, 60 seconds yeah. 60 seconds left here and really this is more time than we actually need for this, but I got 60 seconds. Uh, uh Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, said said in an interview yesterday, <laughs> said yesterday that the GOP could launch impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden when the House reconvenes after Labor Day. It could be happening. Your thoughts?
1: Well, speaking about not doing policy, right? I yeah. think this is what the House majority is doing with its uh, power um, in Congress. And it's just, again, all driven, you know, to, to sort of appease the Trump base of the party. Like, as far as I can tell, they just want to impeach Joe Biden for being Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, there, <laughs> yeah. There is no underlying, you know, there is no credible allegation unless you, like, Twist some of the Hunter Biden nonsense oh, yeah. and it is not um, into, you know, all out of recognition. So, yeah, it is more uh, so, theater uh, masquerading as lawmaking.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of theater, um, circus theater, uh, tonight, <laughs> eight persons on yeah. stage. Uh, get ready. Brace yourself for the moral panics that are to come and brace yourself <laughs> after Labor Day for perhaps an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, as Chris Lehman brilliantly said, for just being Joe Biden. I digress. Chris Lehman is D.C. bureau Chief of The Nation magazine. Chris, good to have you back on. As always, we'll do it again soon, my friend. Excellent. Thank you, Tavis. Thank you, sir. Why can't the Ukrainians seem to win this war? $115 billion in of our money. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley.